And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the Week 14 edition. We're almost in the playoffs. I am with Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston. Who am I? I'm the Welsh, and we are coming off of not just a great fantasy week, but the athletic Christmas party. Yes, we're not going to go deep into it, gentlemen, but there is so much gold into it, I can't even explain. Here is the biggest thing that came from it, is our Christmas party, which I was very excited to be a part of, gentlemen, was highlighted by two magicians. One was an actual Zoom magician, and the other was our uh, dear leader Nando Defino's complete disappearance from the Christmas party as well. <laughs> he did not exist during that. He had this, he would go poof and would disappear. But uh, both of you parts took in magic tricks. I had never experienced a Zoom magician before. And mm -hmm. uh, you both were very heavily involved in a magic trick. Brandon, you played along. And Jake, you became part of a magic trick where apparently <laughs> you were almost going to be betrothed to the magician, as it seemed. <laughs> Nicole wants a word. <laughs> Nicole wants Nando's to talk to Nando. <laughs> yeah, Nando, Nando is, she, she already heard the stories about it. She's, uh, she's a little more upset than she originally was. <laughs> so like, just watch out Nando, who also dipped in... By the way, it has F. Defino underneath it, and she didn't even know the magician didn't know that was Nando. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's the leader. Like, use him. Use your own damn picture, Nando. Don't put my picture there. Well, Jake was involved in the best trick, I thought, of the whole night, which was he was supposed to think of what he wanted for Christmas, and he had a very hazy, like, answer to what he was thinking. She was trying to guess what it was, and what it came down to was he had basically just was basically just thinking of a vague board game, like just board a board game. game. And so they kind of ended up talking it through, and then it was Monopoly, and then it was Star Wars Monopoly. So she was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't guess it, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, what before she was it right before she signed off or something? And she's like, oh, you guys see this envelope that's been behind me this whole time? And she, she takes it down, she shows everybody, she rips it in half, and out she pulls a Star Wars Monopoly like image. No. It was crazy. No way. See, I missed that. I had to go. I had only been there for, you know, two hours. So I wasn't able to log three hours because we started a little bit late. So I had to go in the middle of Jake's uh, magic trick. So I didn't even get to see the actual magic trick. You guys didn't tell me that off there. So the whole time it was sitting yeah. back there. Yeah. It's almost yeah, like the what... card has to be digital or something. You just can't tell, you know, like it's, just... it's like like somehow that she can program it to create an image. But it looked like just <clears> a little and... like a little. I know, I know how that one's done, too. I don't want to ruin yeah, it for wanna, anybody, no, so no, I won't no, say no, anything. No, no. no, you know what? No. This is a, I knew this was going to happen. I knew. I was no. about to say, before you even said it, I was going to be like, you know what? I think Jake is going to know. Jake, you are the type of guy that just knows the magic tricks for whatever reason. If you've gone to YouTube rabbit no, holes, so that's tell me how she I, did that. No, you have to look it up yourself because I'm not going to ruin it unless you want to ruin it yourself. How, how in God's name well, would I type that into YouTube? Because you can type out. You've figured it out. It's, it, it's basically the envelope trick. 
That's kind of okay. you just look type at, in the envelope. I don't want to ruin it for people who are listening who don't want it ruined. I'm just like oh. and like they say. I've never looked these things up. I've watched Penn and Teller Foolish from season one. I like I love magicians. I love good. And by magicians. the way, our magician apparently was on that show. Uh, she yeah. was on that show. She didn't fool them. No, yeah, and she did <laughs> no. the trick that she she did the trick that she did for them when the, that was Although the picture I was talking about. Although she said she did fool them, she did say, and that was no, no, the she, trick that we all she agreed. Fooled, no, no, she fooled one. Fool no, she fooled one, not the other. Oh, so okay. Penn and Teller, when they did it, Penn was fool. Penn was part of it, and he was fooled. Oh, but okay. Teller knew what would happen, so they talk about it, and then he's like, "Well, you fooled me, but you didn't fool Teller, so you didn't fool blah blah." blah, blah. Anyway, so by watching that and catching their code words because they talk through code to tell the magician how they know that they did it then you still watching how many seasons that's been on you pick up some of the jargon that they kind of toss out there so like i, I it's not this the, the envelope one is easier than you think it is but it's like that's all i'll say like you kind of i pick just up assume on zoom uh, magicians have just like a couple people with them that are doing nefarious things on the side or something but there's like only that. so much you can do over zoom too she did do one that I did see where it was guessing, I think, uh, I don't remember if it was Renee Miller. Uh, she mm -hmm. guessed the card, and then all of a sudden, it just appeared in a cup behind her. And I don't know how that happened. And I was like, <laughs> what the? That one got me. Here, As you guys are listening, you can clearly tell you missed out on a hoot nanny. You missed out on a, a big Christmas party. You missed out on the <laughs> Christmas party with the magician. Uh, but she was she was quite good. Never seen a Zoom magician before. We did debunk a couple tricks as we were kind of going along. I had a nice little chat stream going with Brandon and Jake trying to get them to laugh. Um, magic was much more the forte maybe than comedy in it, but it was very enjoyable. And I'm actually upset I missed that uh, amazing trick at the end, even though, Jake, you knew it. Do you know all the tricks? Uh, the glass one, I, 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 there's some semblance just... to other ones, but I don't know exactly how she, she did that one. I, I texted you guys that how she was doing the other one yeah can i propose that maybe next week you do on your ranks article the top 10 best magic tricks and maybe stay away <laughs> from christmas songs because you accomplished a feat i don't mean to go on to other things and not talk ranks and everything so everybody hold tight i know we're uh, just yapping here but you accomplished a feat that i think was 15 years in the making i don't know if you want to talk about it on here but you it was like a trophy almost at this point. You got <laughs> the most absurd reply to your article, maybe in the history this. of the athletic. I don't know if that's accurate. I feel like it's kind of a Christmas present, but you got one so far beyond, if you want to say it, that I kind of think it might need to be a shirt. <laughs> it might need to be a shirt that I, I am a atheist Nazi. <laughs> For now, now explain the reason you were called an atheist Nazi. For what reason was that again? Was it about how you rank someone? Was it a political view? I don't know. Because all I did was the top 20 worst Christmas songs. It was a Christmas song. <laughs> Jake ranked the worst Christmas songs, and he was titled a atheist Nazi in the comments. Well, thread. so the atheist is for all the, like, uh, sacred, you know, like the religious kind of connotation. And there's only song. four in the 20. And then, you're, like, and then you're a Nazi because no, the no fun. I just don't think an atheist was just enough. I think they needed that punch. That's like the magic. They, they just needed the, that extra punch. The extra the, the Nazi part in there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think that was for you putting in all the silly songs. Like you're just, you know, like. Oh, good call. 
So it, it yeah, covers both sides. Uh, are, are we really trying to break down and figure out where atheist Nazi? Listen, we're from? trying to break down magic. We're trying to break down. It's been a big week over here. Uh, the big Christmas uh, company party with the Zoom magician and the number one comment of all time. So I'm just saying it's kind of a big deal. Uh, let's break it all down. But maybe you could do top magic tricks next week in honor. Uh, you don't have to. But I would be curious of your maybe your top 10 favorite magic trick, just maybe for myself. And maybe you could okay. unveil them. Do you do magic? No. Oh, I feel like you do. I feel like you know a trick or two. I know a trick or two, but I don't do magic. That's mm. completely... Brandon, a that trick or like two. And, and, like, and also, no, no, no. Also, a trick or two that doesn't even last a minute. Like just quick card tricks, like that's it's only two, and they're not even sleight of hand things. They're just mm. it's more like I'll put it it's number based. Put it that way. Not someone that's stood in front of a mirror and done a few tricks might be able to entertain. No, I legitimately never. I can promise you that I've never stood in front of a mirror. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think you guys are all with me here. All right, uh, so let's get into it. Let's talk about some stuff. We've got week fourteen plays from both of these fine gentlemen. We've got a little bit of news and notes, and we'll get you set in what is for um, sane normal people the final run. If you have a little bit of chaos in you, you still have two weeks going. Or, you know, I suppose there's some people that might even go into this like third realm where the playoffs do start next week and then the championship week would be two weeks. I know some people have experimented with that since the final week is kind of weird um, that maybe they do that. I don't know. That, that's a, the way that you could approach it. Uh, on the news and note front, the big one that actually just popped down for us is not relevant to week 14, but it is just relevant going into your fantasy playoffs, especially in Superflex leagues. If you were rostering Marcus Mariota like I was in a Superflex league, uh, he will be of no use to you anymore and you will need to go and pick up Desmond Ritter because the Falcons have announced that in week 15 he is set to take over the role uh, for the Atlanta quarterback spot probably oh I don't know eight or nine weeks too late if you will but um, <laughs> in the playoffs do you have any hope that maybe Drake London is going to be able to be revived maybe they'll actually you know throw the ball Jake mm, well so that's one I, I'm glad you brought that into it because it's not just the Ritter part of it is that maybe go pick up Drake London and get some relevance behind him again because uh, Ritter Everybody was talking about like consistency for quarterbacks coming out of college. If anybody was consistent, it was Ritter over the entire career. Like, stop with the Kenny Pickett stuff. Kenny Pickett's final year was his first four years combined. So, if you look at it, uh, you know, I wrote him up in the pre draft write up, talk about his uh, manipulation, his eyes for reads, good on the outside throws. He's a good rushing threat. And with, that's what I was saying on Twitter. Somebody asked, well, should I pick up Huntley or Ritter? What I said is, well, I think they could have similar fantasy value, uh, maybe a little bit more rushing for Huntley, maybe a little less for Ritter, although Ritter can run as much. Uh, but the biggest thing is that we expect Lamar Jackson to come back. Uh, Ritter's got yeah. the reins for the rest of the season. So unless you need Huntley this week, then I would pick up Ritter. But also, if you are playing a super flex, four quarterbacks should be on your roster if possible at this point. And that included, I mean, he talked about that he's been in the waiver column, going picking up. Ritter. I mean, go pick up Willis. If Tannehill gets hurt, like go pick up these quarterbacks because you don't want to be like, huh, look at me and the flex super flex. I missed out on Brock Purdy. And if John Wolford doesn't start tonight, I don't have a second quarterback because I had a myriad of injuries to this team. So I think he could be a mid-level QB two potentially with the QB one upside any given week. If he runs a lot, I don't think it'll be mostly on his arm though. But it is a brand. It's a super flex play with Desmond Ritter, right? It is. And to Jake's point, though, if you do have four quarterbacks, I mean, I would love to be able to just have Ritter on my bench and watch and see because it's not a soft landing for him. He has to go to New Orleans for his first game 
in the NFL. And, and New Orleans. Well, location or team? Their defenses suck this year. No, nah, not. I mean, they've been they've been hit and miss, but I think they're talented, and they they okay. they held Tom Brady to zero touchdowns until the final two drives of the. Nah. Tom Brady this year. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I just don't think it's the best spot, you know, to just for a rookie to land is to go on the road to New Orleans and play in the first game. I, I still respect New Orleans' defense, although they've had their issues at times. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, Speaking of Wolford, there is a shot that he doesn't go and the word on the street is there is a real shot, and this is going to be late news for people listening like on Friday or anything like that, that Baker Mayfield, who was claimed by the Los Angeles Rams, thank you, God, no claim whatsoever uh, from the 49ers or anybody else, the Rams, because, you know, the Rams are really, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Oh, no, they're not. It's cool that I don't understand. You trying to force Ram talk out of us. Well, I'm not trying to force Ram talk, but I'm trying to let everybody know. God, man, the Rams have been your bugaboo this year. And I get We both don't like them. We're both NFC West guys. But Baker Mayfield might start for that team. So we don't need to force anything outside of that. But Baker Mayfield starting after four days, four days of being on the roster I don't know what that tells Brandon, but you tell me if there's anything with uh, Baker in really like super flex leagues. It doesn't really improve anybody. I don't know. Is there an improvement of Baker Mayfield out there instead of Wolford or Perkins? Oh, I would rather start Desmond Ritter if if Ritter was playing this week at New Orleans. I would rather start because you might get the same low level passing numbers, but at least as Jake mentioned, Ritter has some rushing upside. So whatever we want to talk about, like what this, the Rams, we might as well save it for when Jake uh, throws out his wide receiver pick a little later. Yeah. Uh, also in uh, news, still waiting on like big updates on this. Ken Walker, DJ Dallas, both did not practice on Wednesday. I kind of I looked up before here. I didn't get any notes. Uh, what went on Thursday? 
what that's lining up is I would not expect Ken Walker to go. DJ Dallas looks like he's as questionable. Travis Homer would be the big guy, and this is going to be a big Travis Homer week. I believe he didn't play last week due to an illness, and he is back in there, and I think he was pretty much the only guy. They did sign Wayne Gallman, which is also incredibly mm-hmm. telling about the running back situation uh, that they're dealing with. So this I would expect to be a heavy, heavy Travis Homer uh, week, and I think uh, I don't, I haven't even looked at the sheet to see if you guys are going to do anything. Yeah, there is. So we'll save it. We'll save the. Travis Homer talk here for just a little bit. And finally, this I do want to get your take on. I was I was baffled by this. I kind of went off on this on ITL. Um, Roto World had this like just really misleading headline. It was it was wild. I don't usually notice these headlines, but it had to do with Bam Knight and Zonovan Knight. And Robert Sala came out and said that he's not going anywhere. That was a quote. It's not, he's not going anywhere. Michael Carter returned. Yet they had this headline that said um, BAM to maintain workload and job regardless of Michael Carter coming back. And then nowhere in there was that line at all. It was just like a complete narrative that they threw onto that. So I'm curious, Jake, hearing this, it is not going anywhere. I still think James Robinson, I don't even know what, why he's on this team. They should cut him at this point. If Michael Carter were to return and the words of Robert Sala is he's not going anywhere, what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to Bam's overall value? Does he start? Is he in a complete timeshare? Talk to me about Bam Knight with Michael Carter returning. Well, uh, all you need to know is I have Michael Carter in my ranks at 31, but I have Zonovan Knight at 22. So there you go. I think this continues to be a timeshare. I think that if you've seen the way that Knight plays versus Carter is that you can see a split, maybe 50-50, maybe even 60-40 in the 60 being Knight. I think that one thing Salah's made clear, as much as we would love more for Carter, who can't stay healthy, maybe that's part of his reasoning behind it, uh, Salah is clearly wanting Carter to be a compliment, not a lead, uh, no matter what we want. Uh, we've talked about running backs throughout the years that we've wanted for more, and it doesn't matter because the coach doesn't want that. So I think Carter, even out there, 60-40 split, both playable. Uh, the one concern here is that the defense for Buffalo has been vulnerable to the pass this year, uh, still not so much against the run. So that's why I'd say in a normal week, you could probably consider Zonovan Knight as a mid-RB2 and Carter as like a high-end RB3, potentially even an RB2, depending on the matchup. But it's not the greatest matchup for both of them to be out there together this week. And also, you know, you take the matchup and then you look at Bipocalypse, which has got five to six relevant running backs off the board, which just inherently moves up the ECR outside of Jake's rank. Brandon, the ECR is Zonovan Knight is at 23 currently in half point PPR. And I might just not be seeing Michael Carter because I'm not even seeing him on this list. Let me do a search for Michael. He's 48. So same question around uh, Bam and Michael Carter. Well, this is part of my uh, what's got you thinking twice this week. So um, I could save it for then or but I mean, it's just a just a spoiler alert. This is the this is a. You know, I'm going to probably just reiterate what I say later on when we when we talk about it. But, you know, it, Jake talks about the the tough matchup, and it could be. I mean, we got to we got to acknowledge that Knight did his work against Minnesota and Chicago the last two weeks. Those are two of the easiest matchups you could have. I mean, yeah. most running backs have looked good uh, facing those teams. So, Michael Carter comes back. There's a split. Who do they want to use more in the passing game if they're chasing on the scoreboard? Like, I just. I think there's a very realistic shot that both of these guys split enough in a, in a tough enough matchup that you get like almost nothing out of these guys. 
Yeah, and maybe the better question in 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 the non-elaboration place is like I think Jake might be in the right here. Do you think that discrepancy between like the public ECR of 23 and 48 between those two is kind of wild? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, rank, and, and I, maybe that's Zahnemann needs to come 23. down. 23, yeah. Like I would bring I would bring Carter up. I'd bring Knight down, but I'd still keep Knight ahead of Carter. So then maybe they meet somewhere in the 30s together. Yeah. Yeah, like 30 and 33 or something like that, yeah. Okay, uh, lots of injury notes to monitor as well going into the weekend that will be updated as practices go on. So make sure you do so and make sure that you are uh, locked into The Athletic and Jake Seeley on Twitter so you can get the updates, whether it's there or via his Twitter, and you can get his rank article updates, which he's doing all the time. Like a crazy amount, a crazy amount. No sleep, always updating. Like uh, right let's now. talk like right <laughs> now, like as we're recording, I can see him not looking and doing obviously something, which is rank. So there you go. Uh, let's talk about week 14 and let's start with quarterbacks that we like more than anyone else. Not the big, big guys that you're used to, but a play that maybe you can get sneaky with. And Jake, you're playing with those ranks. Maybe you play to the quarterback. Which quarterback do you like more than anybody else in week 14? Yeah, I'm going to get sucked into this again, but essentially Jared Goff indoors, but Jared Goff also at home indoors. Uh, that's really, if you look at him this year, uh, I even put this in the column, it's 18 of his 19 touchdowns indoors. So one touchdown has come outside on the road, and that's what we're looking at. He's going against a good matchup again. Uh, last time he faced the Vikings indoors. Uh, two, two, 277, 1-1. One one. Well, a little bit more than that, 14 fantasy points, but I think we expect a little bit more than that. And hopefully what's more of a shootout as he's getting everybody back. You know, and he has DJ Chark, who's been good the past couple of games since he's back into the mix. Josh Reynolds returned last week or two weeks ago. Slow use, Jamison Williams, slow use. But just basically all these weapons at home against the Vikings. Um, and oh, of course, on the other side of the ball, you got the revenge of Hawkinson. So that'll be fun. Yep. <laughs> and uh, this line, I think this line opened up at 51 and it moved midweek uh, around 53. Up. Yeah, it moved to 53. And some of the early props that were out there were really, I'm actually trying to go and see if I can find them right now because um, I had been waiting on the DeAndre Swift because De- the DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson ones from last week, I think are easy smashes if they're anywhere close. Uh, Price Picks had Amara St. Brown at like 63 passing or 63 receiving yards. Maybe it was even 80. I don't Now I'm questioning myself. Yeah, it's 81 and a half is what it's at now. I don't completely question myself. <laughs> do, you, but do you know what it is? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I was talking about something else. But he, he's gone over 100 like two of the last three, and he's been an absolute monster. And uh, I love the reception prop in this one, which is the same as last week, four and a half on a revenge narrative. And the receiving yards on um, DeAndre Swift we're waiting on because he's been a little bit banged up in some of those games. So I think this is a great one to pick on. Also, if you just watch line movement, you can see there's a lot of expected offense in there. So Goff is a fantastic play. Brandon, what quarterback do you like more than anybody else in Week 14? Uh, I'll I'll throw out Tyler Huntley. He's ECR 16, so he's not like way down there. But I would pro I would for sure play him over Daniel Jones against Philly. Uh, I would actually strongly consider playing him over Deshaun Watson, given what we saw how bad Watson looked. That he's going on the road to a good Cincy defense. That he didn't run a ton. So that's kind of the the thing with Tyler Huntley. I likened his kind of the value. Not he's not the same player as Marcus Mariota, but they kind of derive the similar value based on you know. Low passing numbers, but almost guaranteed rushing numbers. You look at his six games that he's had significant action in, four starts and two games in which he replaced an injured Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's had 40-plus 40, 40 rushing yards, average 54 in those games. And then 
you know, just three touchdown passes. But this is a game against Pittsburgh. If he doesn't throw a touchdown pass, he'll be the first starting quarterback this year that hasn't thrown for a touchdown pass against the Steelers. So wow. there is some hope for at least one touchdown pass through the air, given the, you know, the precedent set by all the other opponents. But we know that he's probably going to get you 40, 50 plus rushing yards. And I think, you know, just like Mariota, who, who is borderline QB1 because of that, I think Huntley can be the same. Yeah, it's like which one will bend the worst pass defense or one of the worst looking pass offenses? Which one is going to bend? That's a good stat too. That they would be the he'd be the first one well, to not throw a touchdown against them. For that point, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been playing better the past few weeks. It's still I'm, look. Not, I'll just say I, I just wouldn't call them worst anymore. That's all. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I mean, statistically, they're like near the top of being. One, they're one of the worst pass defenses. Uh, run defense, they've played all right. And yeah, maybe they've hunkered down just a tiny bit, but I think it's also yeah, the, a my, tiny bit. Go back and look at the matchup. <laughs> you maybe just, little, I, I wonder bit. off the top, uh, Fonston, I wonder, is Marcus Mariota the first QB1 to be benched this late in the season? Yeah. Because he's 11th it, on this season. I'm curious if, like, ooh. bench, not. But he not has hurt. 13 is, games. So if you do by points per game, he's down like like 18 or 19 if you throw away all the quarterbacks that played less. Yeah. If you, if you just go by double digit games played, I think he's 18. But he's like right, mm, right around where Goff's at. Yeah, but that yeah. is interesting. Like, when's the last time a top twelve scoring quarterback? Are oh, you giving way too much credit? Is he? If you, because no, well, you guys, if you, inc- you got to take you, out all the minimum games. Are, yeah, I was gonna say ten. Oh, well then, most okay. of the, most the guys say, that are ahead of him are like because he's twenty fifth. Because Winston's in front of him, Wentz is in front of him, Huntley, Darnold. Yeah, Mike get out White of here with that, yeah. <laughs> um, points, per, points per game. They're all in front of him in points per game. Yeah, you gotta, like one part of being a quarterback, you got to be available, you know. No, yeah. but think about the one thing. Like, how about we make it six and not even ten? Because then just that fact alone, Carson Wentz, even as terrible as he was, is still in front of him in points per game. I mean, there's also a massive screaming reason what you're talking about is why he's gone. Why a quarterback won in total scoring points right. is benched. Yeah. <laughs> Because of we're talking about Carson Wentz and uh, Jameis Winston, who can't even get a gig over there. Andy Dalton has him unseated. Uh, all right, let's go over to running backs. Week 14, running back you like more than anybody else. We do the start, and we do a dart throw. Brandon, we'll start with you. Who's your big start of the week, and what dart are you throwing at RB for week 14? Oh, well, I'm going to throw out Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. At, I think they're like 27, 28, or 26, 27. You know, the matchup is worrisome, but... The one thing that teams have done and been able to do is throw the ball to the running back. And Tom Brady, I, I just feel like this is going to be one of those games where they're going to have you know, no success running the ball, and, and it's just going to be the short passing game to the running backs is the de facto running game. And so I think if, if the line for both of these running backs were four and a half catches, I would take the over on both. I think they're both probably six plus. We've seen a couple games where they've had combined for – like last week, they combined for 12 catches – I think we could see that. And if you're talking about a running back getting six catches, like that's almost like the the quarterback that's going to rush for 50 yards and you're just hoping for some gravy through the air. It's kind of the same thing with the running back. You're hoping for some gravy on the ground. Mm-hmm. But, I th- <laughs> but I think the, the aerial, any kind of PPR bump, I think these guys are very safe plays. Uh, by the oh. way, I love that analogy. You can keep going. But I love that analogy of the six catches is almost equivalent to the – uh, 50 yards rushing for a quarterback and kind well, of the, the PPR, same mindset. I guess it's like 60 yards. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, well, um, still it's, I think it's a good comparison. All right. Who's your dart throw? Yeah. And I'll go with Chuba because um, he's going to get some run. And Deontay was 
was a little bit banged up and he got, I mean, they ran a ton last game as well, but there's also because Deontay had a little bit of health issue during the game. And so Chuba got more run, but I think this is Seattle playing among the, maybe the worst run defense right now in the league. And they're also, they're also a four point underdog. And if this thing gets into a passing affair, I think Chuba's probably going to lead this backfield in, in targets. Um, I haven't really thrown to the running back much at all, but I think this could be a game where they actually do that. So I think there's going to be some utility for Chuba as a deeper flex play. Yeah, 45 yards given up uh, receiving per game, which is fifth most in the NFL uh, to running backs as Seattle is. So they have been pretty, pretty bad. That's not a good play, especially with Foreman nursing, whatever he's got going on, and that maybe a little increased workload. Jake, your start, your dart for week 14 at running back. Yeah, you mentioned him earlier. I had Travis Homer, and I, I was surprised. I talked about him in the waiver column, had him over DJ Dallas because if DJ Dallas was questionable himself, but if they're both healthy, I was on Travis Homer the entire time. And the amount of leagues that I picked him up in, is it like, and I, there's a lot of leagues where I only had zero left. I, I was surprised. I think Travis Homer should have been more aggressive for people to go after. Uh, you're talking about another matchup situation right here where he should get a lot of the work and has been the lead when the opportunity. It sounds like he's okay now. Uh, practice, I think, in full yesterday, if I'm mistaken, not mistaken. So just on the other side of the ball there, the dart, uh, <laughs> look, I'm going to this backfield as a whole because honestly, you could say both of them are darts after what happened last week with the Dolphins. I don't think we expect the Dolphins to get behind quickly that much going forward. And this is in a week where it probably should happen. But that being said, great for the run game uh, facing the Chargers. Uh, Wilson, great chance. One of the highest teams allowing rushing touchdowns to running backs. Uh, but if they get behind, then maybe it's Mostert. And I'm not saying that as of last week because I still don't trust that that's the plan going forward because I don't trust McDaniel now. I thought we all could. I think a lot of people did. I think we all trusted that it was Jeff Wilson. But game script or not, for him to be that non-involved, uh, I think Wilson and Mostert, good matchups but both dart throws because I don't think you can trust either one of them. Yeah, I think that's risky. I'm I'm going really hard on Jeff Wilson this week. I think they're going to get back to that because I also think there's like, if you go back and you look and say, hey, what, what went wrong in this game where the Niners dominated you? What is the biggest outlier? Number one would obviously be to his accuracy. Um, number two, you could argue maybe some of the, the bad defense. drop balls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, def defense in general. But number three, I would also look as they completely abandoned the run game because they were out possessioned, I think, like two to one. So that obviously speaks wonders to it. And you have to maintain possession more. And how do you do that? You run the ball. And Jeffrey Wilson was the most explosive player uh, for weeks and weeks. I just don't see how that changes off of like a week that they don't give him carry. So I think it's going to revert back. I think Jeffrey Wilson is going to get back to being the top dog. And they're going to do that this week. So I'm very much with you on this backfield. But I'm putting all my eggs in the Jeffrey Wilson Jr. basket this week. And uh, most are not being the guy. But they 100% are going to have to reestablish the run. <laughs> You're my... You remind me of like uh, if if you watch AEW, by the way, uh, very much like MJF because you use <laughs> the person's full name and he does that because it's kind of like it, it's a dig. Like you kind of, you know, people don't go by. So you're like Jeffrey Wilson Jr. instead of just calling I, him Jeff. I, I had a feeling you were going to compare me to him, by the way, which I've always I've always actually been compared to relative villains in type of spots. So I have I have villains. <laughs> no, normally tendencies. I'm the one that gets compared to him. So, I mean, it's like. I have no problem passing the ball. Some villain, you know, I, I'm pretty out of the last big wrestling thing I did was when you and I went to Royal Rumble together uh, in person out here in Phoenix. But I have paid attention. MJF is cool. pretty electric, pretty electric. I'll admit that. But I don't remember if he was there. <laughs> you, you totally missed my throwback to you on that. I didn't hear what you said. 
Oh, I just went, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I know exactly what that is. Oh, I'd love to get into that. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, Let's go over to wide receivers for week 14. We like more than anybody else, a sleeper, a start, a dart, however you want to label it. Jake, you get to do your two guys. Who do we got? Mm. Yeah, so the first one is Zay Jones. Uh, People immediately bail off of him after the first Two, or not first, but the two weeks prior when everybody's like, oh, excited, like Zay Jones, you get him in all your leagues, start him. Uh, and, and I'm not coming for Funston. Funston, wasn't he your sleeper last week? Like, weren't you really yeah. on him last week? A, a lot of us. my guy, too. And, and he still had seven targets. It just didn't connect. And the one thing about the Titans is everybody assumes their defense is trash as a whole. It's not. It's actually really good against the run. It's still terrible against the pass. So if you look at what you're hearing, like, Fourth most receptions, second most yards, most touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, go back to Zay Jones, especially on Bipoculips, uh, Armageddon, whatever you want to call it. So uh, the Hail Mary start, I don't know if I feel better or about that. Like, honestly, if Baker's at quarterback, I don't I don't want this anymore. But I'm going for the Hail Mary of Van Jefferson. Uh, the yards really aren't there, but the targets have been there over the games. The past four, the yards are gross, but the touchdown hope is there. He's been getting touchdown looks and most of the games since they lost Allen Robinson in addition to Cooper Cup. Uh, but like I said, I think the Baker Mayfield, may, it, basically this is going to be my Hail Mary pick until game time. And if Baker Mayfield's announced the starter, then pivot off, go somewhere else. <laughs> I love that if Baker plays, we're like, no, 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 we can't play him. I mean, because his favorite thing to do is not throw to the established uh, pass catcher on a team. So I, I don't disagree with you on that one. <laughs> Tutu Atwell, let's go. It's going to be a big Tutu game. <laughs> totally. Uh, Brandon, your start, your dart for this week. Oh, and I love your dart. This is one that I picked over on ITL this week as well. Yeah, I'll go with the start. Uh, Jerry Judy, I think he was ECR 29. I have him at ECR 24 because of the match. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because of the matchup, Kansas City has given up a ton of receiving yards. I think they're fifth most to the to the wide receiver position in PPR leagues. Um, but also because it doesn't sound like Cortland Sutton's going to play. 
Uh, and Sutton was had been playing pretty good. I mean, the previous three weeks before last week, he averaged like nine targets per game, was getting 60, 70, 80 yards. And if you look at Jerry Judy, uh, you know, other than the game he got injured against Tennessee, he has like six or seven straight games of 50-plus yards. So as the clear lead guy in a game where they're going to likely – I mean, look, if Kansas City puts up a touchdown early, they're chasing the whole game because Denver just can't, you know, score touchdowns. And Judy has three of them, which seems like a ton – in this offense, but um, I think he has a chance to get into the end zone this game. I think he has a chance to see double digit targets, probably 70 plus yards. So um, I like that. And then uh, my other ones is, is Mac Hollins um, because it's the Rams. And because typically, I mean, Jalen, Jalen Ramsey's not like a true shadow, but he always kind of takes on DK Metcalf. I'm assuming he's going to take on Devonte Adams. Uh, you have no Darren Wall. You have no Hunter Renfro. It's just Mac Hollins. So, there should be a funnel of, of targets to Mac Hollins, and the Rams have not been good on pass defense. Last weekend, DK and Tyler Lockett both went over 100 yards, and so even with Jalen Ramsey, they've struggled. But figuring that you're going to be opposite of Jalen Ramsey a lot of the day, Mac Hollins should do pretty well. Yeah, love this play. Who's got you thinking twice this week? You kind of already alluded to it, Brandon. You were talking about the, the, the Jets' backfield in general, and I think there's another one in there. So what's got you thinking twice? Yeah, almost everybody in that game, other than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, I, I, I start to think like, oh, what about uh, this? Is like you're, I not, think you're not worried about Stephon Diggs? I, just, I, I legitimately got that question this week. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, number one position play? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally. had 90 yards against them last time. What are you worried about? Oh, yeah, man. well, I mean, both of these defenses, I, I believe they're both in the, either the top five or the top six in in scoring defense. Uh, and specifically, they're both really good against the run. So, like, not only am I a little bit concerned about a split backfield for the Jets, I'm also legitimately concerned about a split backfield for Buffalo. You know, James Cook's coming on. He's pulling even with, with Devin Singletary in touches. And it's not a great matchup anyways. So I'm like, man, is there four running backs in this game that uh, are maybe unusable? You know, it's, it's definitely possible. And so um, – and Mike White, man – I mean, I, I like Garrett Wilson, but this could be one of those games where Mike White is just overwhelmed and, and it w- doesn't work out for anybody in the passing game. So yeah. that whole game has me thinking twice about upside for fantasy. I, I can agree with that. I'm kind of like back into the Garrett Wilson thing until it's proven me wrong. I, I think you're right because Mike, Mike White has definitely done that. But there's also part of me that looks and thinks like the Jets defense has played so well. Buffalo has also done a decent job of like Josh Allen's like, had some underperforming games. I wonder if this is one of those games where the Jets just keep in it and their secondary is kind of beat up and not that fantastic that Garrett Wilson might still be able to have the day. I kind of think Mike White and Garrett Wilson might sneakily still do it, but I don't I don't blame you for it. The whole mess of all of them is a question, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets make this a game because what's the over under on this game? Because I would if it's I I have a feeling it's going to come under 40. I think it could be like a 20 to 16 kind of a game. 43 and a half right now is the over. I I like the under on this. Yeah. And the Jets plus 10, too. I mean, I would be tempted on the Jets here. I mean, it is in Buffalo, but uh, 43 and a half. No, that's I was legitimately as soon as you said that I was going to pull up what the weather's supposed to be. Oh yeah, what is the weather? It's gonna it's gonna be seven degrees, balmy, no. two feet of snow. Yeah, I, I tell you what, bunkers. if you uh, look, no uh, jokes, no kidding here. If you want to follow Funston here and hit the under hard right now before it happens, it's a frozen mix and in, in the thirties, which you add. I've said this. The the weather link is on the on the site for the one hundred and one, uh, sub thirties 
And when you add frozen any type of precipitation, it kind of ruins the passing game. Not, I I'm not agree. fading Josh Allen, and I'm not fi- fi- fading Stefan Diggs, but if you want to hit that under... I'm I'm with that play. I'm with both of those plays. With the if you like to tease, the Jets would be an incredible tease play too. Tease them up to sixteen with something else or two, and uh, I like that under right to it. Yeah, I would I would play the ten. I would play the ten too. (laughs) Thank you, Jay. That took me a second. Thank you very much. The magician is. uh, This is why the magician didn't pick you. By the way, I just want to point out. Um, All right, so uh, Jake, what are you worried about? What the hell are you thinking about twice? Uh, the entire Ravens crew. Uh, I mean, I have Tyler Huntley. Funnily enough, when Fonso was talking about Daniel Jones and Deshaun Watson earlier, I have him sandwiched between those. I don't feel great about Huntley, uh, partly because I don't love the matchup, but he will run. But the thing is, is also what Huntley is doing here, he, like the receivers, he doesn't even have receivers that Lamar Jackson couldn't do much with, with Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson and all the type of stuff, except for one person. And this is why I've, including the backfield, by the way, if J.K. Dobbins is active, complete mess. If he's not, it's not that much better. Gus Edwards has basically peaked ceiling out as like a low-end RB2, hopefully for a touchdown. So I uh, really don't want anybody except... Don't be scared of Mark Andrews. I am going to have a lot of Mark Andrews in DFS for that reason, because everybody's going to be scared. Check out the game log with Tyler Huntley last year. 10, 8, and 73, 11, 11, 115, and a touchdown. 13, 10, 136, and two touchdowns. 6 for 6 for 89, and 16, 8, and 85. Pretty sure Tyler Huntley doesn't know anybody else is on the team. So I am far with Mark Andrews, but worried about everybody else. Speaking of Mark Andrews and tight ends, do you guys take a guess? How many tight ends in full PPR have scored 10 plus points this season? Do you guys want to take a guess? You're talking about per game? Uh, Per game. Yeah, I already know. Okay. uh, Brandon, do you know? It's not, actually. Yeah, it it is. No. The average per game, 10 points in full PPR, not half. Oh, full. Full. There shouldn't be a difference. It is actually a difference. It's actually a significant difference. I'm actually looking here in half PPR tight ends weeks one through 13. I see only three tight ends that have scored double digit points. I see Kelsey, Andrews, and Goddard are the two that I see. Who am I missing that you see? I'm pulling it up right now. Full PPR. I know half, half PPR. PPR. Half, half PPR. Oh, you see, you said with. full. And full's like. No, no, no I know, one. but okay. I'm coming back because you said there were four and okay. half PPR. Okay. I only see three. Okay. So I'm curious who your fourth is because I have. Is it only uh, three? Kelsey, I thought for a fact, and I thought Goddard. we were talking because uh, I was on a podcast yesterday, so somebody lied to me. I thought it was four. Yes, and in full PPR, they are, said Hawkinson reached there recently. So uh, he's. I think mistaken. he. Let me. I just went away from him. He's nine point seven. He's almost there. This week he'll get there. Okay. Believe me, trust me, he'll get there. <laughs> in so full PPR, it is du- over double that. There are eight tight ends in full PPR. Uh, think of the discrepancy here for a second between how tight ends have been in just those two formats. The format, by the way, I want to point out that most of us, I would say Jake does a great job of probably than anybody about this, but most of us would kind of go with like, hey, there's not the biggest difference in values and stuff between half and full PPR, but look at the difference in tight ends between just those two formats, eight guys in full PPR at tight end. And the reason I'm bringing it up is uh, twofold. We obviously do how tight is that end going to be as we end the show but also just the discrepancy of how valuable travis kelsey is i just want to ask quickly do you think travis kelsey is a top five overall pick in 2023 jake no i don't think he's ever been but you can take him at the end of the first round if you want it's just the biggest thing is if you go back to travis kelsey either last year or the year before 
and then two years before that. If you get 90% Travis Kelsey, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. And that's not, it's not coming for Kelsey. It's not coming for the advantage at that position. It's just that, you know, for somebody that those years, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, the one year, like, and again, you have to find those guys. It's just that that opportunity cost you spent on Kelsey, if he doesn't have the vast leg up like he does this year, it's kind of it kind of kills your team. That's that's why. If there's any competition that's close, and if it's two or three, which it has been a few years, that are close, neck and neck, one point per game behind. But this year, I was if we were saying let's go back right now and draft 2022, he would be a top three pick because yeah. he's doubling up Mark Andrews. So it just yes. really comes down to how the rest of the position falls. So you can make the argument for it, but I've always said if you want to take him at the end of the first round, just so you don't, you know, because he's he's a second rounder. You want to take him at the end of the first round to make sure you get him. Fine, whatever. That's okay by me. Yeah, and the same thing, Brandon. I'm just curious about real quick again, not to belabor it, but you know, he is scoring double the points in half PPR than the sixth tight end. And he is six and a half more points than number two. I mean, the discrepancy is so big. I'm just curious if there's any part of you that is going to look to Travis Kelsey next year as a top, top pick, as a priority pick because of the dom. I mean, it might be an outlier year. And also look at the formats. You know, we're talking about how crappy it is in half PPR. It is kind of different in full PPR. There are eight more serviceable players than it was. And that discrepancy of value isn't between. I will say one thing thing real quick, too, before Funston, you answer. So also he'll be 34 next year. But if you believe in like the San Francisco Giants thing for anybody that knows baseball, I'm just going to go through it real quick. 13, 15, 13, 17, 13, 17. So next year we're getting the 13. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, every other year. I actually always love <laughs> yeah. that. But, but do you think top, yeah. five, top five in your peripheral or no? No, I wouldn't do top five. But, okay. you know, look at if Kansas City goes into next season kind of with the same smattering of – maybe wide receivers you yeah, know I and see that then then i'm like okay why wouldn't it why would it be like if different? they let like if they let juju walk and then and you then know, draft just, like a fourth round wide receiver and cobble it together with what they have think that sky Moore and and you know some mark west valdez scantling and tony and tony yeah exactly like oh Kadarius Tony won't have a hamstring issue this year we'll be fine you know kind of that kind of stuff <laughs> then then i will still i will you know i would consider kelsey I would be the guy probably that can't hurt his hamstring if he's not on the field. (laughs) Well, the fact that he mocked the Giants when he scored and, you know, with the hamstring injury, I think was just karma. Like the fantasy gods are just like, right. Yeah, we're coming down. Here you go. Here's another hamstring. Is that why what's his face did the hamstring injury joke? On Sunday, or was it Sunday or Monday night? Is that what it that was like? Was that a callback? When Kadarius scored his, what was his only touchdown with the Chiefs? He it was he, Madison. It was Monday night. It was or wait, it no, it had to have night. been what that was because that was totally like a, you know, I, I thought that was a call out. On, that was the during Giants. the day. Yeah. So, Wasn't anyways, it? all right. Um, finally, yeah, let's end it out. Oh, yeah. Sorry, if you had any more though, I do want to see how tight that end does get uh, okay. on that tight end talk. So, Brandon, how tight is your end for Week Fourteen? Well, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going to say Hunter Henry. Like, he's ECR 12. He's a very back end of the tight end one class. That's all Arizona. You know, Hunter Henry's been mixed bag, but he's like four of his last eight games have been 50-plus yards. This feels like one of those kind of games because it is Arizona. I'll be honest, though. I'm, I missed out on Greg Dulcich in the, in the fab run, and my backup in a league in, in a must-win situation is uh, Chigo Conquo. So uh, I'm just going to – play the upside and the fact that he's had <laughs> he's had five targets each of the last two games keeps making these 30 40 yard plays like why not it reminds me of ricky remember when ricky seals jones kind of emerged on the scene 
and he'd get like one catch and it was like a 40 yard touchdown. He's kind of having one of those kind of years. I feel like we're going to get a magic trick coming from Jake here for our <laughs> last. <laughs> what, what was that background? Yeah, what was that? No, you're just going to well, wait. No, no, no. Because you could just edit it out. You could just, you didn't have to oh, say all okay, that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. I, here's the edit. Click. How, is so, How tight is your end, Jake? What, what I was just going to say is that if you don't have one of the big six, then I don't give a... Pork chop sandwiches! <laughs> I can edit that myself. In. That's perfect. I love it. Pork chop sandwiches. Go. So uh, this is the second straight week of it doesn't matter how tight it is. It's the top. It's Ricky Bobby. Your first or your last, right? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Pick, pick a okay. Conquo. Go ahead. They need them. There's Especially if Traylon Burks is out. All right, friends. Go and sign up over at The Athletic if you are not already doing so. Because you can get Jake's ranks. You can say, maybe you can say nice things on his common threads. Uh, that would be yeah. pretty cool on his ranks. You could say something really nice, but you can also check out. I'm a super nice things. Nazi. Yeah, yeah the, totally. Like the good ones. Cool. Uh, you could uh, check out all of the great stuff in his article. You could write nice things. You could see the ridiculous, crazy things that happen. And you could just be a part of all the fun and just get locked in for the week for one of the best rankers out there. Uh, for Jake Seeley on Twitter at All In Kid for Brandon Funston at Brandon Funston. I am the Welsh at Is It The Welsh. We are out of here with all those ats. We'll talk to you as we break down week 14 next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 